Hello, hello, hello. Good evening, good evening, good evening. Oh, we're here. Oh, we're here. Uh, welcome to Let's Have a Fifi. This is season 11, episode 9. Moving, Moving right along for uh, season 11. 10 years of being your Wednesday night conversation. Welcome to Let's Have a Fifi. I'm Felicia Fifi Minor. Uh, just a Who little, stole little. my mustache, apparently. I... Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I was in the wrong closet. Eh. <laughs> I am got into my stuff. I am Freddie Prince Charming with a very itchy nose, actually just my left nostril, and I can't get to it because it's buried under this. I can't, I can't, I can't even get to it through the nostril. Like I tried, I can't poke anything in it, so my nose is really itchy. It's oh, great. Good it's you. a good time. It sounds like a great time. Uh, speaking of great times, you, uh, we have a special guest. Uh, we have artist Mia Pratt in the building. Hey. Well, not well, in the building. Thanks for inviting me, guys. I'm thrilled. I'm thrilled to be on here with you. I love yes. you both. I know I don't have I to wear it. pants tonight. It's very exciting. Either do I. <laughs> last couple, the last couple guests we've had have been in studio with me, and I've actually had to wear pants then, so I don't, oh, I don't have yeah, to wear pants yeah. this evening. <laughs> I am not wearing pants, and I don't want to fulfill that promise for anybody. Yeah. <laughs> Well, either am I, so I, you know, it's, it's a pantsless party. What can we do? Oh, wonderful. Excellent. wonderful. Fantastic. I'm, I'm here for I'm it. I'm glad we're making strides here. I'm glad we're making strides. Uh, we like That's to think... That's gender fluid. <laughs> Absolutely. Pantsless is gender fluid. Yes, mm-hmm. it is. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, we'd like to... Uh, Thank all of our Patreon supporters who support us on patreon.com slash let's have a fifi. Yes. Uh, we'd like to thank Brandon D, Drake Jensen, Casey Starr, Carrie and Corey, Kim, Joan, uh, Leanne, Nicole, and Shannon. And I literally just posted something in the Patreon like two minutes ago. Oh, really? So if you haven't been on Patreon and you're a Patreon subscriber... There's loads of content within the last week from the both of us. There's a ton of stuff. If y'all aren't paying attention to Patreon, you're missing out. And if you haven't subscribed to Patreon yet, you're missing out. Like, there's a lot of stuff on there. So we're, like, skimming the surface when you look at our Facebook and Instagram. But when you go on Patreon, that's that's the real thing. Well, I'm going to subscribe because I was not subscribed, and now I'm going to. As soon as we get because I'm dying oh, to see you. what I don't see on Facebook. Oh, <laughs> there's, all, there's all sorts of stuff. There's all sorts of stuff. It's a good really, time. that opened the closet door. <laughs> yes, we like when people come into our closet. Yeah. <laughs> Your closets, I would love to take a look through. Oh my God. Your clothing is fabulous. Your, you know, your costumes. I don't know if you would. You may get lost in Felicia's closet. It, sometimes it's kind of like, I don't know if she's cleaned it, but it's kind of like a black hole. You just. I've we cleaned it a little like, bit, but it starts to like come out this way. Mm-hmm. So this is the part that people it's, don't. You know, in Poltergeist, where they like tie a rope and before they throw the woman <laughs> into the closet to go get the kid. Uh-huh. That's kind of what it's like. <laughs> you yeah, gotta have yeah, breadcrumbs yeah. to find your way back out. Yeah, and you yeah. may come out covered in goo, like very, oh very much love- like the Poltergeist scene. Very much like the Poltergeist scene. Well, it happens to me. me and drag me back out when my time is up. Yeah, it happens to me. It happens to me. Uh, a special thanks to uh, Success Boutique, 
where I got this mustache and the blue uh, makeup. Uh, yeah. And then I'll be ordering foundation whenever I get around to that. I just ordered foundation. That's another reason why I ended up with this look because I... But I kind of like the creativity that's coming out of this not having... Not having the makeup. makeup. You, tell me what blue makeup you got because I like what you're using. Uh, so this is uh, Mayron and I believe it says Paradise across the top. And so, is it, the, is it the water, the water activated stuff? It's water activated. So what I do is I put a layer on, and then I let it dry, and then I put the uh, like translucent setting powder on top mm -hmm. of it, and then I put another layer on so that they don't like go together and like. Right. You know, yeah, that's generally what I do when I'm working with water activated stuff. Because. Mm -hmm. Kind of like makes a mess, but this goes on very uh, opaque, no like see through. One blue, and you mixed it, or is it? Uh, so darker than later. As we go into the makeup tutorial, um, <laughs> these are different <laughs> blues, um, from different like this is like Juvia's Place, and oh, um, okay, I have Juvia's Place stuff. Yeah, so Juvia's Place and there's another one. Uh, there's some Krylon, but I like to mix the blues and because, you know, like you get di different depth from different, you know. Shading, like contour. Right, yeah. No, yeah. Totally. Uh -huh. So I just play with it. Huh. Very nice. I don't put anything definite when I'm doing color because it turns into a hot mess real quick if I try to like <sighs> do definite and then, mm. yeah. <laughs> yeah, I get you. I get if you're on Patreon, um, I will post how I did my face. Um, I posted, was it for sex trivia that I posted? I think uh, the red look. Yes, yes. Uh, and I'm not afraid to show you that I made a mistake. Uh, so in there, I like messed up one of the designs on my face, but I had <laughs> hair on my face, so just kind of did it. <laughs> Because uh, I needed to get out of the door. But anyhow, uh, so looks from uh, Success Boutique, uh, jewelry from LC Designs. I don't think any of us are wearing LC Designs. I am not wearing any jewelry this evening. Wigs are usually from Wigs of a Kind, um, but we're just failing our sponsors tonight. I'm just kidding. Um, but we want to thank them for supporting us. And you too can support us by tipping us and uh, or just leaving large amounts of money that we like the large need. amounts of money that just sort of I mean or... it's Q4 and you're trying to do your taxes next year just drop off some coins um we are not a 501c3 but we could pretend we're still pretty charitable <laughs> <laughs> and if you feel like risking your life and want to text me for show alerts, you can text LHAF to 602-730-7379. And if you're on Facebook, there's a lot of housekeeping. We got sidetracked today. Um, <laughs> Sorry. <Not bad>. <laughs> uh, if you're on Facebook, if you click the star button, uh, I read this today. So for every star you buy, we get one cent so if you buy 99 stars, we get 99 cents. If you buy Ooh. 500 stars, we get $5. Ooh, that's exciting. Yeah. 
And so we'd like to thank folks like DJ Image, Eddie Omega, say her last name, Laura Renfro. Laura Renfro. <laughs> okay, I said it right this time because I think my mind saw that it was spelled wrong and said it wrong completely. Anyway, uh, and Tony Mattia, right? Mattia? Yes. Mattia, Mattia. And more who have donated. Maybe I didn't catch your name, but um, it tells me every once in a while who donated, but it's not very consistent. We appreciate you. Yeah. Free money is good money at this rate. Yeah. <laughs> uh so what did you do this weekend uh my weekend was actually relatively chill all considering um we babysat my partner's niece on friday which she's just shy of a year old like she just barely Aww. a year old. um i think she's gonna be a year on the 31st i think she's like a new year's eve baby so she's little we i i haven't been around a baby that little in a very long time like for any length of time you know and in my opinion that's the good time like after right. they start being more conscious then well, it's like then they start walking and talking and having opinions so it's like <laughs> exactly exactly right mm-hmm. right um, but she oh my god time. she was so chill like she seriously she just kind of hung out she sat on the couch and was just chilling just just chilling she was obsessed with one of our kittens and the kitten was equally obsessed with her like oh, her wow. and Phoebe, like they just sat there. Phoebe just sat and purred and purred and purred. And we taught her how to pet the kitten nice. Aww. There's a freaking adorable picture of her and me. I'm playing Mario Kart. And she's like, she's sitting up next to me and she's got like a hand on me and she's just watching the TV while I'm playing. Oh, <laughs> that's the cutest. I know. On you or something, you know, that little feeling like. Right, right. <laughs> Exactly. Near you. Yeah. She she didn't get fussy at all. There was no nothing. And it but it's okay, so it's really funny because <laughs> the only kid that was home with us was our youngest. The other two were at a basketball game. And Michaela's not good with kids. She doesn't know what to do with kids. She doesn't like them. Oh. She's just like, I don't she's like, they're irrational. You can't talk to them. She's 13. Okay. So she comes out of her room, she just sort of emerges, and we're like Michaela, do you want to hold her? And she's like, eh. and she like holds her for three seconds and she's like, okay, I'm good. And then a little while later, Mikey and Luke come home and Mikey immediately is like, oh my God, and wants to go. And he picks her up and he's like, I'm like, like the difference is so funny. And Mikey is like, Mikey loves little kids. He just, he just scooped her up immediately and was like holding her and like walking around and it was it was fantastic it was it was great but yeah it was like the first time i've been around a baby baby for like hours and it was good she was chill because she, she <laughs> oh yeah like <laughs> michaela was like eh. i just kind of poked her a little bit like it was it was funny. oh my she god just, she there does are, not know what to do with babies or kids there are some people that have a little bit of fear about holding babies. Yeah. Did no, you know no. that? This is any 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 child. Any child. Michaela has said that she doesn't like them because they're irrational. You can't <laughs> talk to them. Yeah, I I know. And like you can't have a conversation. That's why she's like doesn't turning like the lens around. Oh my god. It's it's so funny. It's it's yeah. Well, I hope but she keeps that. Like, I hope she keeps that for another how old is she? 13. Oh, another 10 years. Another 10 At years. At the very Be least. Be afraid of babies. 
she's probably not going to end up having kids, but she's going to be like weird Auntie Michaela who like has <laughs> 50 like cats in her hardcore feminist or whatever. And Mikey's going to be the one with like 18 kids just hanging off of him all the time. Like that's, yeah. Uh, mm. Saturday, Saturday morning was good. We had to drop Michaela off at a, at a choir thing. And then we had a couple of yard sales. We got like, Almost like a whole, like a, you know, one of those like village, those little Christmas villages with the little oh, yeah. and things. We got like a full set missing only a couple of little figurines, oh. like massive with like a whole bunch of cool shit for 10 bucks. Oh, oh wow. Yeah. It was That's really cool. Deal. And we got a, <clears throat> we got an ergonomic typing chair. We'll just leave it at that. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, which, you know, a couple other fun things. And then, of course, Sex Trivia Saturday Night. That's always a good time. It was chilly, but I'm glad I remembered to wear tights. And I have no idea what the hell I did on Sunday. Mm. As it should be for Sunday. Yeah. You should not no remember idea. what you did. It's just sleep it away, have a few margaritas. Oh, I wish that would have been... I don't even drink tequila, <laughs> and I think I would have been fine with a couple of margaritas on Sunday. I have no mm. idea what I did. It's not a clue. That's good. Not a clue. Mm. How was your weekend, Felicia? Um, so Friday night I worked, but it was, uh, it was a good kind of work. It wasn't like I sat at a desk work, but, um, that was fun. Um, and then on Saturday morning, uh, we went to breakfast with Santa, uh, and Mesa and that was pretty fun. Um, I think I posted pictures on Facebook. You did. Uh, yes. Um, sure. and then, uh, it was just a pretty chill weekend because we went to sex trivia and then Sunday, I think we did grocery shopping and that was about it. Ready, ready for the weekend already though. Um, but, <laughs> but what about you, Mia? Everybody hears oh, our weekend know, every week. So let's hear yours. Oh, and usually our weekend consists of, I have no idea what I did. Time is so strange in this little village. It's it's hard to even remember what day it is. So the weekends are not much different than uh, the rest of the time. I get up in the morning and I water my flowers and then I sit down at the easel and start painting and have some coffee and uh, walk the dog and, you know, do some work uh, for social media and, uh, and stuff like that. Saturday is fun. I like to go over to something called the Malacan, which is a block away on the lake. Uh, walk around. All the families are there. There's horses and boats and and uh, kids hanging out and uh, a lot of families. And it's nice. It's nice. Oh, and wow. that's that's pretty much it. And then I, uh, uh, that's pretty much it. <laughs> then I come back home, paint some more, do some more social media, write a blog post, whatever, and uh, visit some friends. I did visit a friend uh, uh, this weekend and uh, this past weekend. That was really nice. You know, had a little little. Uh, coffee clatch together and laughed and told jokes and so it's pretty laid back here i'm, I'm in this little uh, village on the lake in uh, central mexico and oh, it's uh, you know horses go clopping by a couple of times a day and uh i have my very gallery. rough life well on saturdays I'll rough life. gallery and just open the front door which is like a garage door and in mm -hmm. mexico your your business is like the front of the house you know so uh, you just open your front door and people just wander in, you know. And then when it's uh, three o'clock or something, I just close the door. So it's pretty, uh, it's pretty mellow. You know, it's not like a hardcore business. It's a, it's it's just a laid back, uh, chill, uh, liberal little village. I love it. So uh, before the show, we were at 
threatening Mia that we're going to move in with her. Um, this is sounding more and more real as she describes it. <laughs> it's mostly it's, older people down here. It's kind of a retirement zone, but more and more young people are coming because uh, with the pandemic and everybody working from home, people can leave the United States. My daughter's here to sit upstairs and, uh, on her computer and do her job. So it's it's pretty cool. Okay, um, I'm going to does your daughter like roommates? Huh? <laughs> She's going back to the States in February. And then another oh, friend. Oh, so you have availability in February. Okay. Excellent. Good to know. Wonderful. Okay, perfect. Listen, I will time. tell you, if you guys want to come for a visit, we'll make, we'll give you the guest. We have a guest room. We can work it out. We can okay. make that happen. Wonderful. Oh, God, I just realized I have no eyeliner on. I was looking at myself going, what the fuck is wrong with my face? <laughs> I have no eyeliner on. You look great. How'd you, How'd you get away with that? I there I had issues. It's fine. It's fine. We're here it's now. Fine. We're here. I now. left on Sunday. I left with my bedroom slippers on and walked all the way to the store. And I was standing in line. I looked down. I'm like, I'm in my my bedroom slippers. You, <laughs> you nobody even on, noticed. You can cuss on the show. You can cuss on the show. Yeah. We we don't fucking care. We don't fucking well, care that you cuss. Sometimes I cuss like a sailor, and then other times I don't. Never. I never know. It's like a Tourette syndrome. You know, you just stub your toe, and it's like. The words that come out of my mouth uh, shock me, even me, you know, so. Yeah. <laughs> uh, speaking of shocking, uh, let's move on so, with the tip. My tip tonight is based on, it, it comes from an interaction um, that we had uh, during Sex Trivia um, on Saturday. And it was, it was kind of interesting. I was like, oh, that's, huh. So one of our categories <laughs> is... Uh, is it's if you it's know acronym. you know so right it's if you know you know so we give you an acronym you have to tell us what the acronym is right and the acronym on Saturday one of them was capital M slash S lowercase S and you know the mm -hmm. most people if you're not part of the leather scene if you're not part of the kink scene you're not really going to know what that is but you know most people had a decent guess most of them. Um, so for folks that are not in the kink or the leather scene, the capital S or capital M slash lowercase s is the acronym for master slave refers to a relationship dynamic between uh, someone who identifies and uses the moniker master and a submissive who identifies and uses the moniker slave. When we revealed the correct answer, someone in the audience tried to argue that slave isn't a thing. We don't say slaves. Slaves are bad. Like went on this whole like political thing. It's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Hold on. When you are talking about slavery in the non-consensual bubble, you are talking about slave labor. If you were talking about sweatshops, if you were talking about things like that, yes, you are absolutely correct. Slave is not good. We don't like slavery. We don't condone slavery. Correct. However, I sure in the hell don't. Right? <laughs> However, when when you're talking about kink and kink titles and consent, this is a thing. So we're going to talk a little bit about that. There are, when it comes to titles and monikers and things like that within the kink and the leather scene, you have things like daddy, sir, mistress, Master, slave, boy, property, as property, girl, all sorts of things like that. They are all 
titles and honorifics that are used in those communities. And first and foremost, the thing that you need to remember is that nothing happens in kink without consent, whether mm -hmm. it's actions or whether it's words. You know, if you are spanking somebody, if you are flogging somebody, if you are calling somebody a dirty little slut, <laughs> all of those things happen with consent. Yeah. Very enthusiastic consent. It can't be a maybe, it can't be a eh. it's it, it's all about consent. And make sure you're comfortable. And, right. So for example, I will answer to daddy, I will answer to sir. Not so much a fan of master, not really my thing. Usually I'm like, eh, nah, nah. someone's like, Are you? I'm like, no, not, not so much. Too much responsibility. <laughs> right. I'm like, eh. <laughs> usually like it's, it's master tends to be reserved for a little bit more of the, yeah. the folks that are really into that dynamic. They're, they're more of uh, like sort of a hardcore sadist, not my, not, not my kink. Um, I will beat the hell out of you, but I'm not into like the hardcore sadism. Like that's mm -hmm. not, it's not me. Um, however, I will not, I will never allow someone to call me boy in the context of submission. Um, like for me, that's like, eh, like if someone's like, oh, good boy or whatever. I'm like, oh, no, 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 that, that, that's my line. Absolutely not. I can tolerate just about anything else. I am not a fan of boy. Don't call me boy. Mm. Not, Why not is that? I, because I, know I, ask. I know. Um, I think it, it because is it because you're not is, you're not uh, I'm I'm not submissive. You're not submissive. Mm -hmm. um, but also, it's a lot of times it also it kind of seems based in a certain amount of like misogyny because mm. it's assumed that, you know, I'm trans. So I'm shorter than most, you know, typical guys. And because I was assigned female at birth, I have certain bits of anatomy and certain bits of anatomy are generally associated with submission and blah, blah, blah. And for me, it's just like, uh, like, no, like I don't identify as a boy in any way, shape or form, like as far as that context, you know? Interesting. So, okay. I just, I, it's always felt really cringy for me, not a fan. So for me, that's a hard line. And I will tell people, no, absolutely not. <laughs> um, but there are plenty of folks who do identify as a boy. And if you call them a daddy or a sir, they will immediately correct you. Like I know mm. somebody who is, um, he's kind of a big dude. He's well built. He's well hung. And he'll post pictures sometimes, like of himself at the gym or whatever, and people are like, "Woof, daddy!" And he's like, "No, actually, I'm I'm totally a boy, totally a boy. He's a total bottom, total bottom, submissive, not, not a, a daddy or a sir or anything." And he will immediately shut that down. Um, and there are plenty of people who identify as slave, and that's not to say that like they do everything that everybody tells them. That's not what that is, but it is part of their identity. For example, we have here in town, slave Tabitha is actually a fantastic boot black um, in our local leather community. But just because they identify as a slave, it doesn't mean that they are everyone's slave. 
Okay. Yeah. So usually they will have one particular master or mistress that they will answer to. Um, and depending on dynamics and, you know, where they happen to be, if you are, if you see them out in public, if they're collared or whatever, a lot of times you don't even address them, you address their master or their mistress before you address them. But it's a self-identifying thing. Hmm. And just, again, just because they have slave in their name, like slave Tabitha, doesn't mean that they are everyone's slave. And no one is called a slave without their explicit consent. It's always either a self-identifier because that is the type of dynamic that they prefer, or it is an agreement between a master or a mistress and a submissive. So it's not like you can just be like, okay, you're a slave, you're a slave, you're my slave. That's not, not how that works. Well, you know, not if you, think, you think about it, just with any person, any relationship, so you can call somebody sweetheart and somebody else calls you that and you're like, what? Don't call me your sweetheart. You know, it, it, even in the most simplistic terms, it's just a matter of respect for the relationship. Exactly. For the and that's, that's exactly family. it. For some people, sweetheart might seem condescending and sort of infantilizing someone. Whereas yeah, somebody else a man like, infantilized yeah. man says, hey, honey, or hey, sweetheart, get me a something. I'm like, mm -hmm. shit yourself. <laughs> if somebody I'm in bed with says sweetheart, I'm like, I get a little old fashioned, but that's cool. You know, right. so it's, it's, it's really, really a matter of, of honoring someone's identity and, and, you, and respecting certain boundaries, I think. That's and that's exactly it. For me, the the trigger word is babe. When somebody says babe to me, I'm like, no. Mm -mm. <laughs> I'm like, who babe. are you? Why are you calling me what? Like, mm -mm. You know. Are you stuck in the '80s, or are you really calling me babe? I mean, you know, <laughs> right? Like, everyone's a babe or chick or whatever they want to. Right. It's that's exactly it. And like like we said, slavery out in the real world is abhorrent. Should never be, nor ever have been a thing. Should not, not, a, never, ever. But the concept of the master-slave dynamic in kink and leather is a consensual relationship. And that's what the big difference is. Slavery outside of those dynamics, mm -hmm. not consensual. And that's, that's the biggest, that's the biggest thing. And, you know, a reminder, just because you aren't familiar with something or don't understand something, it doesn't make it wrong. It just means it's yeah. something that you don't understand. And that's especially important when it comes to the kink community. You know, we always say your kink is not my kink, but your kink is okay. As mm -hmm. long as it's between consenting adults, mm -hmm. I don't give a fuck what you're into. Right. I, I may not be into it even remotely. I may be like, Okay, so you will have a thing about eating cereal out of someone's asshole. More power to you. Not my thing. It's a thing. It's a thing. It's a thing. It's a thing. Okay. If you ever get curious and you're bored, go on Pornhub and look at look at anal gaping. Just, just yeah. You know, I trip prepared. around and look at different things because I like to be informed and I'm very open. Be, but be uh, prepared. But, you know, you will fall know. down. You, you have some tequila handy. You will fall down a rabbit hole that you will not be able to look away from. <laughs> Oh, I've never done it with tequila. Hmm. Oh, Lord. I, again, people are there are people that are into that and more power to them. As long as it's between consenting adults, I don't care what you do with your asshole. 
As long as it doesn't hurt anybody else. I will not. (laughs) So before you try to argue with somebody about something that you (laughs) don't know and don't understand, Mm -hmm. make sure that you are either educated or maybe keep your mouth shut before you try to argue. Because slavery in the real world, bad. But when talking about a master-slave dynamic and a consensual relationship between adults, it's, it's, it's fine. It's, it's a completely different... And slave is used all over the place. Are you yelling at Britney Spears because she said she was a slave for you? Like, anyway. right. So just keep that in mind. Just, just I mean, it. it wasn't unpopular like a, even maybe 10 years ago, people talking about love slaves, so... Right. Like it's 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 a th- it's a thing. It's always been a thing. Always been a thing. Like you know, when um, you look back ten years at the things people said and did that were okay, and it's you know, it's like you see that, and you're like, oh my god, you know, it's just light years away. Mm-hmm. The Speaking of people, things that people say and do that are okay that weren't okay. Ah, <laughs> mm. uh, let we're jumping into the news. Uh, let's see. Uh, double trouble. So, first of all, people spent money to go see Dave Chappelle. First thing. Double trouble. Elon Musk was there, and Dave Chappelle introduced him. Instant booing. Instant booing. Didn't stop for, like, five minutes. I don't know what else to to say to that. What's funny is he got up there, and he was like, I'm the richest man in the world. And then pretty much instantly... Lost mm-hmm. that status. He is now number two. Oh, Chappelle? And, uh, uh, no, 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 no. Elon Musk. Uh, Elon Musk. Oh, Elon. I'm sorry. I missed. Yeah, I was Elon reading Musk the, up there. the thing and I missed. Yeah, I had him off of Twitter. I dumped it as soon as Elon got involved. I said, I'm not going to yeah. feed any energy into nope. that. Nope. Over it. Yeah. No. Nine he, years. He, got there. he was like, "I'm the richest man in the world." Everybody booed him, and then almost simultaneously, it was kind of a very quiet thing. It was really funny. Um, almost simultaneously. Uh, a gentleman in France uh, who I believe owns, I think it's a jewelry company, mm. something like that. Perfume, colognes, maybe something along those lines. Um, actually surpassed him by about $10 billion as far as being uh, the wealthiest person in the world. So, oh, good for him. you know why Chappelle chose to bring him on? Or was it so he could get booed or was it, I, I'm not sure why. Chappelle has been on a transphobic problematic tour problematic kick lately he's been supportive of Kanye West he's been like he's, he's just so the fact that's... that he would bring somebody else that's problematic up there not entirely surprising it's like all the problematic people are like I don't know why they're canceling us. Let's get together and let's uh, support each other. Right. And then when they get together, even more people get mad. And then they're like, I don't understand what's going on. I don't, I, I don't yeah. understand. Yeah. I, I, don't, I don't get it. But, and then they're, they like notoriously keep going. And um, Elon also was going after uh, Dr. Uh, Anthony Fauci this weekend, uh, talking about different things and uh, pretty much, feeding the fire that could lead to people harming the doctor. Uh, So 
when people say they're just words, they're just words, they're just words. words. No, they're not just words. These people people are acting on what you're saying and going and doing what you're saying. And then you say, oh, I didn't mean it like that. I I really didn't mean it like that. You, You could have instantly stayed at home. I didn't mean for you to go attack him. I was just saying you could kill him. Right. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's, that's terrible. And that, you know, and, and it's brutal because uh, science has just become, it's almost like it's re- replaced with religion. It's like, this is the doctrine and this is what you listen to and do not research and do not listen to anybody with any medical knowledge and just tune everything out. But, but my narrow little thing, which is, is, you know, that's, that's the root of every cult in the world. And mm-hmm. so, uh, people are just starting to get so narrowly focused. They're just fed more and more and more bullshit. And then yep. uh, it, it, people suffer, the people on the fringes, you know, suffer, people who are different, people who don't follow them. And it just, it's creating this whole uh, crazy swing of the pendulum, you know, to to the far right that's affecting a lot of our lives. I'm, I'm honestly, I've, I've, I, I said this a while back, but I'm actually kind of, I'm, I'm surprised, honestly, like legitimately surprised that, being a right-wing conservative is not considered a mental illness at this point because usually when when <laughs> folks I, I am dead serious when when if you look at someone that has like borderline or something like that they they lie to themselves they will look at your face they will lie to you they believe they 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 believe things that aren't real which is exactly what right-wing conservatives are doing. They are being fed all this shit that isn't even remotely factual, but they're believing it and regurgitating it. And well, it's, the actual it's, conservatives who are just, you know, there's a difference between a fiscal conservative who has a right. political ideal for how the country should be run and, and, and conservatives who are nutcases. I mean, and what's happening is that the, the normal routine people, I would say, I totally disagree with your politics, but I, you know, I support your right to say that you don't believe we should be taxed or whatever the hell it is. Um, but when, when they shut up and lay down and allow the crazies to take over because they want that money to keep coming in. They yeah. want the, they don't, they don't want uh, Trump to put a $10 million in ads so that they'll against them so that they won't be reelected. Uh, it's like they've lost any moral compass whatsoever in relation to our, our, um, obligation to society to make sure that everyone's okay. I mean, our tax dollars are to make sure that society is okay. The poor have things, uh, you know, that they need uh, civil rights are protected for minorities. All of these different things have been completely forgotten. And now it's just, Mm -hmm. I want, I believe to be forced onto you. And if you don't, then, you know, fuck you. And Mm -hmm. so it's very, uh, it's very difficult to have respect for the right wing when it's lost any conscience or soul whatsoever. It's just money and power at this point. And it's so blatant and so artificial that they're not even pretending it's anything else anymore. You know, they've just, they've, they're, they're just like, eh, whatever. They've, they've stopped having to like fake it basically. It seems right. Right. There's no civil rights being taken away. The respect of marriage act was signed into law uh, by president Biden today. So for those of you that don't know what this means, and I'm like, what the hell? Okay, so what this means is that states must recognize same-sex and interracial marriages. Yes. Because okay. that's still a thing for oh, what Wait the a fuck? second. Like, didn't we do this already? 
wasn't marriage equality made a federal law in 2015 and interracial marriage has been legal since 1967 which that's not near long enough mind you right. but still but the thing is is that biden had to do this because fucking scotus is looking to repeal everyone's rights they want right, to take it all right. away they want to take just, all they want away. just rich old white men to rule the world again. Women are second class. Yep. Gays don't exist. You know, just yep. eradicate them. Yep. I mean, it's it's just fascinating to see how far back they're trying to crank it. Until those old guys die off, we're just fucked. I'm sorry. You know, it's Pretty just much. No, and that's, that's exactly it. And it's no, that you're right. The only way to keep those things safe that mm -hmm. we he had to put this up there for things that have already been put into law. Things, these are yeah, already yeah. done. This was done. Right. Why are we doing this again? And that's why I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? And I, I understand why it needed to be done, but I don't understand why it needed to be done. Like, I, mm -hmm. I get it, but also what the fuck? Like, I... Uh, yeah, this is the funny part. Uh, of course, Clarence Thomas... Thomas wants uh, to repeal interracial marriage and uh, get a divorce. Is, well, because he's married to a white woman. So yes. <clears throat> essentially what he's asking for is uh, just split up my marriage. Um, well, the Christian right has really taken over. I'm sorry. Go ahead. They've taken over. Yeah, you're right. I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. um, but, I, go ahead. After you, please. <laughs> Okay. All right. Um, what's fascinating to me is that, you know, in, in, in the past, before the New Deal, they had the um, uh, corporations and the workforce ruled men. You, men worked, they had jobs, there were factories, you know, all of that. And the church ruled women in the family. And as soon as women could get welfare and food stamps and that type of thing, and they didn't have to go to the church and give up their babies when they were unwed, and they could be they could feed their children without the church, the church lost its power. And so, mm. when there was were unions and uh, Medicare, Medicaid, and all these things came along, the church and corporations lost their power. So you can imagine how terrified they are when they're thinking we're going to have Obamacare, everybody's going to be able to leave this horrible job that they're chained to because of their insurance and go work in a flower store. And mm -hmm. mass people just who are overworked and underpaid, massive, you know, uh, uh, leaving of, of uh, corporate jobs. So uh, they've gotten together, you know, and that's where this power is coming from. The church wants to have control over the family again, and they want to control women again, so that white men control who the church can control women, can control families, uh, get rid of all of the birth control, uh, and uh, gay for you know, forget it with gays. That's just you know, out. No, oh, I, I don't even exist. I'm trans. I don't exist. Yeah. I'm not a thing. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> well, I watched that, that fascinating documentary on C Street that's on Netflix about how insidious the the um, the Christian right has this whole organization that's in Washington that has been going on for years and they've they've just yeah. been ruling, uh, controlling politics and spreading it all over the world, anti-gay particularly and yep. anti-birth control. What's it called? So, yeah. It's called C Street. It's called uh, well. It's about C Street. I'll have to. I'll have to send you the name. I've watched the same documentary, and I can't remember off the top of my head what it was called. I don't remember the name. Um, um is it? Oh, it's it's not. It's called. Oh God! It's like it's not not the program, but something. Yeah, something, something similar. Watch the like family. That. Something, the family. 
It might be the family. Maybe it is the family. I think here's the family. Jewish and Christian kid goes in there to be a, a, yep. a fellow, and yep. then he becomes this. He sees what's going on and, and turns it into a documentary. And yep. just I think that's it. I think it's the family. I knew it was something, something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Just that. Yeah. You know how frightening is that? Oh. It's just. <laughs> I mean, we talk about it every week that, um, like, uh, you know, these white nationalists come to our drag shows because they don't think that drag queens should read or drag kings or drag entertainers, uh, anybody of that nature, should read to children. Meanwhile, we're promoting literacy, but you're <laughs> trying to burn every book and... Yeah limit every book and every library and I'm like I don't understand what's going on but uh yeah it's it's complete because complete idiocy and hypocrisy mm -hmm. it's like they want to turn American schools into the Christian madrasas because they've seen how it worked in the Middle East and they've seen how they can control uh, the beliefs of the population and the they're taking on all kinds of weird tactics. Oh, but 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 Islamic fundamentalism is bad. Well, <laughs> well, it's not bad for them for for the men who rule it. Right. If right. you're not gay or you're not a woman, again, it's right, just, right. It's a patriarchal, uh, you know, terrible patriarchal thing. But they want to, you know, they want to control what our children read. I don't know if you heard about what's fascinating to me: the books in Texas, how they were calling slavery the Great Migration. That yes. migrated here for jobs. Yeah, it was. It was, it was all. It was all. It was choice. It was all for choice. I was like, yeah, she's no. Oh. What do you mean? Yeah. This great migration. It was fucking slavery. They were brought here yeah. in chains. No so way. Pushing all the way up to the governor. You know, yeah. they can just write whatever they want in these weird states. Who was it? Was it? Was it? Oh God! Was it Condoleezza or somebody? Somebody high up said that slavery was a choice. Within the last God, couple no. years, and it Can was somebody. Kanye did say that. Kanye did. It was there was somebody else that said it too in the last couple of years, and that was like in the White House. They said that slavery was a choice. I'm like, yeah. By definition, it was Condoleezza Rice. It was, it was uh, somebody. 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 It was after Condoleezza was anyway. <laughs> it doesn't. You know, whatever, These whatever twisted woman they, they they stuck they in power to be the face of a woman in the far right. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Yikes. Oh my goodness. Um, so uh, interesting news, sad news. Um, that this morning uh, and throughout on social media, there have been people uh -huh. that have been mourning the loss of um, Stephen Twitch Boss, um, who uh, was on dancing, uh, So You Think You Can Dance, and then ended up being like the pseudo uh, DJ and, but he was a big time dancer uh, on. Ellen I remember Rose. watching his season on "So You Think You Can Dance." That was, I think, that yeah. might have been actually the last season I actually watched of the show. Season ten, um, and then um, he's been really uh, connecting with folks on social media, uh, producing great content, and um, being the light and uh, vibrant source uh, for many people um, in the community. Um, even th there was just so many uh, heartfelt messages today that I wow. like about lost it at some point um, because he was so bright. But what I want to say is that it, it stunned a lot of people, but it also, I hope brings to light that 
check on your strongest friends and your brightest friends. They may look like they've got the, the world all figured out. They've got, you know, this, that, money, and the other. Um, but today, strongly, uh, I could see people encouraging uh, mental health awareness, uh, especially in the Black community, um, and checking in with your friends. Because uh, that kind of shocked me. He took his life, though. He took his life. Yeah, I, this shouldn't be this shouldn't be a new idea though because look at Robin Williams, look at um, Anthony Bourdain, look at all these people that supposedly were happy and and oh, God, what's his name? Um, the 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 band recently. God, what the hell? Can't remember what his name. Chester Chester something Chester. Oh, Chester um, Lockhart. No, not, no, Chester, not Chester Lockhart. Chester oh, from I can't Lincoln remember the band name off the top of my head. Thank you, Lincoln Park. Um, like they're the day before, Many like these people are are happy and laughing, and you know, Robin Williams was known for his comedy, and this is just another uh, an, another example of just because somebody is cracking jokes and seems to have their shit together and everything doesn't mean that they have their shit together. It doesn't mean that they're happy. It generally means that they're probably hiding something. It means that they're using humor to cover something up. Like, yeah. My older brother took his life 10, 10, 12 years ago. And so, you know, I, one of the things I've learned from that, I think is that, um, uh, when we we complain about you know maybe what you know well we don't have the, as much money as that person or they were successful or I could sit here and say you know why am I not a famous artist and I, I'm just painting in a little village somewhere and and we look at these people who have we think from our perspective they have everything but the great leveler is our inner self you know and that knowing who we are and feeling feeling okay about who we are and truly owning our right to be who we are and not have to hide behind jokes and laughter and not have to, to hide. And so um, really being grateful for, for everything we have and understanding that it, it doesn't really make that much difference uh, as to what you have or what the appearance is. It's what really is going on. And so you're so right, you know, uh, to, um, to say, um, you know, to, listen, ask your friends, listen, and pay attention to kind of what's behind the curtain a little bit more. Because if we listen, sometimes people will, they'll start leaking a little bit. If we just sit back and let them, you know, talk about, or talk about it, they'll, they'll start revealing things, I think. I, I think another thing is to stop expecting people to be on all the time. Right, right. Oh God, the pressure. Yeah. Like that's, that's a thing. Stop expecting entertainers to be on all the time. Like, yeah. Uh, thing talking with uh, someone earlier uh, is that, you know, as we get older, um, I'm not sure if there is something in us that expects where we're supposed to be right. versus where we are. And, um, oftentimes, a lot of us that live in these small bubbles, um, we have the option of, uh, you know, finding ourselves or being able to lean on certain people and 
figure that out. Meanwhile, right. um, people in the public eye don't really have that strong amount of uh, privacy and time right. to come together. And because mm-hmm. he could have easily, because he checked into a hotel the day before uh, or a motel, one of the two, but, um, and easily if, because uh, paparazzi is a thing, um, as much yeah. as we enjoy um, reading them in, in the snag rags is that it, their life is always of contention somewhere. They can go to the supermarket right. and we're flash, 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 flash. Oh, she bought three cups of milk. What is she going to make today? I mean, if yeah. somebody did that to me on a constant basis, I probably would lose my shit. Yeah. Um, Builds up. Yeah. And so um, prayers, I, I don't mean it like as in Republican thoughts on prayers. I really... I really mean uh, thoughts and prayers to those families that are uh, dealing with this and for all the people that he affected. There are so many messages today that I was just thinking, like, if he had just put on Facebook or something, like, I'm hurting or Mm -hmm. I don't know, or, or if he had reached out to a friend, I don't know. But can't worry about the what ifs, but it was... Very, you could tell he was one of those people that he just touched everybody. Everybody. So, Um, sorry, I brought the... the, No, you're fine. (laughs) Well, a beautiful RIP to him, for sure. For sure. In health and or world news, uh, Beijing is under lockdown uh, because of a COVID outbreak. Uh, yeah. which is actually the first for the capital uh, since the beginning of the pandemic. Um, interestingly enough, uh, they, uh, they're being hit especially hard because they never actually got hit with the other variants. They were so quick oh, on the wow. vaccine that right. they never really had to deal with the other variants. So there's no previous immunity. So mm-hmm. Beijing is like a ghost town at this point because everybody is getting hit and getting hit hard because after they locked it down at the beginning of the pandemic, they were never really affected by any of the variants. So yeah, it's kind yeah. of interesting. Like that's, that's, yeah. yeah. So There's Beijing a huge is- uptick in the village here in Mexico and Mexico city has just taken actions now to go back to the masks and the, and the limited stuff. When, when it hit here in this village, this place, they shut it down by law. You had to wear a mask. If you went in a store there, every store had gel. Uh, you know, gel things to, to gel your hands. They had mats that you wipe your feet on. I couldn't believe wow. what they did. And then, of course, we opened up a whole lot of uh, food kitchens and, and things like that for people because you lose your job in a little village like this. There's no tortillas for the kids. So it took a lot of work to, um, there was a restaurant down the street and there would be a long line of 20, 30 people at a time going in with a, a plastic Tupperware to get food to take home. You know, because when, when you're in a society like we're in here, what this is a, uh, a great economy here because of, of the um, influx of foreigners. So there's jobs and stuff, but boy, they lose that job two weeks later. They're just, they're flat, you know, so you have to really pay attention to who's around you, you know, elderly people are around you or people who are in the public or who have to go to work in the public or entertainers to nurses and just checking in and making sure everybody's, Hey, guess what? It's back, you know, maybe gel those hands and, and take a little more care because I've had uh, two or three different people come down with COVID that are like 
can't come to over to your brunch today because I stole it just right around me within the last couple of weeks. It's just rampant back here again, too. So, so be careful, you guys. It's not over yet, folks. You know, still be safe. Still keep washing your hands. Yeah. Just get vaccinated. Do all the things that you're supposed to do. And hopefully right, if right. you get it again or if you get it for the first time, it'll be minimal issues. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Encourage the boosters. Boosters, mm-hmm. boosters. Oh, boy. Okay. We have taken up most of the hour. But... That's Last right. but not yeah. least. Last but not least, we are on to our guest. Uh, oh. <laughs> uh, we are talking to artist Mia Pratt. Yeah. Hey. And yeah. yes, hey. for those that don't know you, sound effects. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, for those that don't know you, um, tell us about yourself and how you got to where you are today. Uh, well, I'm from, I came from here from Phoenix in 2010. And in Phoenix, for the 10 years prior to that, I had had an artist guild. And we had about 10, 12 people working. And we served, you know, the Scottsdale like design build market. So we would go in and I had one guy who could do gold leaf ceilings and, you know, for, for these massive homes that were being built. And that was great uh, for a long time. But I got to a point where I was so burned out and I was doing artwork you know, interior designers, they bring you in, they say, here's the pots and here's the chairs and here's the fabric for the couch. And, and they want a, uh, you know, <clears throat> Ralph Lauren theme. And can you do some horses and stuff? And so I'm painting, I'm going, okay, that's great. And I paint something for them, uh, a giant painting or three small ones. And then we would go in and put Venetian plaster or whatever. And that was satisfying because I earned an income and I was able to take these people who were artists who couldn't earn a living as artists and by taking them into the field and teaching them how to do what they need to do as a business person, then they could go off a year or two later and do their own thing. So, you know, there were women who had been married for 25 years and did art and stood in front of a big wall and they're like, what the heck do I do? And they couldn't support themselves. So there was a philanthropic aspect and then a, um, of course, a, a commercial aspect. And uh, that was wonderful for a while, but I just kept getting, more and more um, unhappy that I wasn't able to paint what I wanted to paint. I had to paint what, what somebody else needed me to paint. And at a certain point, I just got up one day and said, you know, I'm living, I'm paying this mortgage in this house and this warehouse that, I, that my, my guild was in. And I'm making enough money to pay the mortgage so I have some place to stay so, and so I can house the employees so that I can pay the mortgage so I can, ha- you know, I realized, oh my God, I'm on this giant merry-go-round. And um, like, I, like I say all the time, it's this giant parking meter in the sky and I could just not feed it enough coins. Just no matter how mm-hmm. many more jobs I got and how much bigger the company got, expenses went up. And I just finally said, what am I doing? I just want to paint. <clears throat> Excuse me. So I went to different places and checked it out. I went to the South to see relatives and California to visit there. Nothing worked. And then a friend came through and they were heading to Mexico and they invited me to come down for a visit on the beach. And I went and I was just like, oh, this is great. Six weeks in a Nawa Indian village, or six months, excuse me, in a Nawa Indian village on a reservation where there, you know, you walk out and you pick mangoes for breakfast and they go and they fish for, 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 fish and I would sit on the beach every day just sort of stunned you know just sort of 
in the shock of, of my mind would be racing. And then the following week, it was a little less and a little less until I was sitting out there one day and it was, there was nothing. It was nothing in my head. I was like, I'm not thinking. It almost freaked me out. <laughs> and I thought, I can't go back. So I, uh, some friends had told me about this little village, like Chapala. I came here, and over time, I was able to build up a sort of, you know, uh, uh, clientele and and gallery uh, presence. And then more recently, I opened my own little gallery where I can just uh, open on the weekends uh, for five or six hours, hang out the sign, <laughs> sit here and paint. People come in and and buy my art, and uh, it's uh, it's really been nice because what I what I have to express inside me and both of you guys yeah, yeah, I'm sorry to, I don't know the right term both of you mm-hmm. know what I'm saying There's you're, you're fine you're fine you're fine you have to express and until you can express it something's missing and for the first time I was able to sit down and say what's in my head you know what do I feel and what do I want to express and I paint flowers and all of that sort of thing whatever whatever you know I feel like painting, but there's also some political statements I've been able to make that are important to me. And one of them, for example, was um, gay marriage. There was no, I I wanted to paint peacocks and I went out and looked to find some example paintings. There was not a single painting anywhere that had two male peacocks. It was like peacock. And so I painted two male peacocks, five feet tall, you know, facing each other in front of the lake. And I thought, you know, this is, I don't have to speak it with my mouth. I can I can let it speak for itself. And some people walk in and oh how pretty, and other people walk in and they see immediately that that's two male peacocks in uh, facing each other, uh, mm-hmm. you know, as mates. And uh, and another one was a painting I call the Pangolin Queen, and you know, it was a black woman standing in this beautiful paradise in Africa, and she's holding the pangolin. And the pangolin is is this animal you, you, I'm sure you guys know, but for those who might not, um, that's going extinct. And they have these men, each pangolin has a caretaker and they take it and put it in this little crib at night and everything. And I thought, you know, this this creature represents um, indigenous populations everywhere, that they're being shrunk and they're disappearing. And so I wanted to take this woman, this African woman, and I put her in sort of European clothing because I will not appropriate by putting any any painted painted person in a costume, you know I don't paint Mexican women in Mexican garb and and black women in Africa in African garb because that's for those people to paint. And so I took her and I put her in these royal robes and I hold, had her cradling this pangolin, and then I had all these flowers around it with different faces on it, and they were accusing the world. Each face in the flowers, like, you know, what are you doing about this? Or one's looking away with its eyes closed. I don't see this. And so I'm able to express some political views that I have um, about the state of the world or the state of society, but in kind of pretty art that makes me happy to look at. And so that's really what I'm doing here is um, painting uh, whatever the hell I feel like painting. <laughs> <laughs> whatever subject comes, uh, comes up to me when it comes up. And so it's, uh, I'm very happy uh, being able to do that. That's That's, that's wonderful. Yeah. I love that. That's like that's the dream for any artist. Like, like I fuck it, I'm gonna go and live on a beach somewhere and just paint whatever <laughs> the hell I want with no agenda and just do the things. Like that's that's that sounds very every dreamy. Artist's dream. Well, you know, so I, I love mm-hmm. working with young artists. Even on LinkedIn, I'll go out and I'll I'll just all of these different pieces of art. And you know, somebody's 25, 
And they're, they're saying, you know, well, I know the perspective's off and I know that this isn't right. And I'm 67, so I'm sitting here retired. Well, I'm not retired, but, you know, and they're looking and saying, gosh, you know, look at what you paint. And I, I want them to understand, you know, art, we're becoming our, when we're painting something, the, the, the painted product is not, the, is not what we're doing. We're creating ourselves. Mm -hmm. And so I have this thing that I keep chanting to them, <clears throat> excuse me, over and over and over again, it is stop trying to create something you can accept and start accepting what it is you create. Because it's like, you know, a tree does not grow oranges. So when somebody expresses <laughs> themselves and says, oh, but this isn't good enough because the perspective isn't right, I said, forget all of that. This came from you. Look at it, love what it is, uh, and, and be, don't be afraid to, to paint an orange blue you know, or to let the, crook, the, the, the tower be crooked, just do it. You become what you do. Just do it's it, do it. And love perspective. It. Like, like love look it. at some of the greats, like some of the greats didn't have any sort of concept of perspective either. Like, yeah. you know, their, their paintings and their, you know, their things weren't aggregate. For God's sakes, look at some of the faces on some of these paintings. You're like, oh, <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. Like you, did you know people that looked like that? Like that was the best you got? Like that was, Okay, yeah, like yeah. go on with your stuff. And those are the ones that are hanging in like museums, yeah. you know? Like it just comes down to love. It really is. And art is a beautiful mirror to, to love yourself. Because as long as you're criticizing your art or, or whether no matter what your that art is, dancing, performing, <clears throat> excuse me, playing music, if you're criticizing it, you're criticizing yourself. I'm not good enough. And, you know, you look at a mango tree and it's just some of the mangoes are crooked and it's just dropping mangoes. It just does what it does and it is what it is. And, and I so want artistic people, creative beings is what I think of rather than artists because we're all creative beings. It's just love. Let it come out of you and let it be what it is and don't judge it. You know, it's going to change over your lifetime. If you're 25 and you paint a blue apple, I'm like, great. You know, you were brave enough <laughs> to paint a blue apple. Um, it's representative of just a moment in time. And so rather than taking it so seriously, just express. And the more you express, the, the more you become who you are. It has nothing to do with what your artwork looks like or what your performance looked like. You know, it's really you becoming you. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> uh how did so I think back up the, the train? Think, uh, with oh, sorry, uh, so before you got to Phoenix, how did you originally get into art? Mm. When I was really little, um, <clears throat> I mean, when I was actually when I was five, I was in kindergarten, a Catholic kindergarten, if you can imagine, yeah. with nuns, and they, they had art oh. time. And they had this giant box of crayons, which apparently was new, and it had a gold crayon in it. And I was so stunned by the gold crayon, I stole the box. <laughs> I put that <laughs> under my sweater, and I, we were two, two, two houses away. And my brother's walking me home, and I have this big, you know, oblong box tucked under my sweater. My mom oh says, my what? what's that? And I said, nothing. You know, she looked at it. She marched me back to the nuns. And made me confess, and I cried and slobbered and snotted so bad that the nuns felt too bad to punish me. And they said, "Take, go ahead and take them home, and use them over the weekend, and bring them back on Monday." And I went home, and I just, I just, I didn't stop for days. I just took that gold and copper and silver crayon. I mean, I just went nuts. Oh, and 
ever since then, something just something just happened that I had to have that gold crayon bad enough. And what's so interesting about that is that then my parents, when I was older, bought me a paint by number sets. Then I loved it because I could put exactly what I needed, but then I would I could smudge them together. And it started teaching me the the chemistry of art, shadow and light. You know, this this color goes here and there when you blend them together. So <clears throat> I had some uh, different experiences along the way that kind of moved me from one element to, to another. And then uh, some sort of magical uh, experiences. I remember we, I used to catch um, monarch butterflies and put them in a terrarium and they would have a chrysalis. And at the top of a monarch butterfly chrysalis is a little gold thread, it's gold. No, it's really just some sort of strange reflection. But I thought that butterflies spun gold. So I was catching as many as I could, and putting them in there and I'm like, make some gold, make some gold. And so again, this gold crayon thing came back and I started putting gold. And to this day, I put gold and gold leaf in my artwork. There's something about that experience of thinking it was magic and the magical thinking of a child. And if we can remember um, and hold on to that part of us that believed there were fairies or that believed that butterflies spun gold, if we can keep that in our life, that's really the love, that's the shit. And so mm -hmm. when I see you dressed up, you, that's exactly what you're doing. You're saying, I have something to say and I'm gonna take blue paint and I'm gonna take this costume and this mustache and, this, and I'm gonna put it all together and I'm gonna be this. And, and mm -hmm. it's, it's a, it's a um, an intelligent use of magical thinking in a way that allows us to be creative beings and to express ourselves. So that's how it oh, happened for me. Going and going and going. I could never, I could never get out of my obsession with art. So you said something, you, you, you were talking about, you know, how artists need to stop criticizing and mm -hmm. learn to kind of accept. And I think one of the, the, the big things that, artists struggle to learn and I think it takes some time is the difference at least for me anyway is the difference between criticizing and critiquing right, because right. you know it's <laughs> like so I had to start this face over a couple of times because I was having issues well, and yeah, it's a matter of looking at this and being like oh my god this looks like shit yeah, as opposed yeah. to okay this is what I got I can see what right. I need to do better. I know where I messed up. It was a pain in the ass and I had to, right. you know, it's like, it's not awful. I definitely could have been worse. It could have been better, right. but I know what I need to tweak. Well, it's and not, self-loathing is not involved in that. You're just saying, right. well, shit, I forgot my eyeliner or I, I made this right. crooked on eyebrows up here. No Huge eyeliner. difference in observing a, what I call a conscious observer. That is, I like this and I don't like that. And, you know, I know what I like and I don't like, and I want this to be what I like versus I fucked up and, you know, and now I, I, there's this self-loathing and I, of course you fucked it up because you're, uh, you know, whatever that little right. mind uh, chant would might be, you know, as we, as we uh, see ourselves as, as continual failures or whatever. So uh, absolutely. I have standards. I'll paint something five times because what is in my mind is not it. And I know when it's it, you know, when you're, you've, you've done exactly what you want to do with your face, you know, when you've done the show, that you hit it. You know what I like to think about? You ever been in, when you're in a jazz, like the rhythm room and it's one in the morning and the jazz musicians are playing and you're sitting there and everybody's all around the edge of the room and all of a sudden something happens. It's like you're underwater 
and and ev and every note and everything it's like boom boom and everybody's in the in the groove and you're just this one big throbbing community with the musicians that feeling you know when you hit it and the more you're, the more creative you are and the more in touch with that aspect in yourself you're wanting to get to that place you know you know in your shows when you do a show and you walk off the stage you go i hit it that was it i felt that and the room felt it and it just happened and but for if it doesn't happen every time and then people are upset and you know self-loathing comes in it's different so it's learning to be a conscious observer and say well i didn't hit it this time but no one can hit it every time no baseball player no basketball player no musician but the fact that we have hit it even once and we know what hitting it is is mm -hmm. it, that's the top of the pyramid you you know what it is and what it feels like and to be able to have that and then certainly want to get there but not to feel like if I never get there again, then I somehow I failed or I'm, I'm a, not, I'm not a creative person or I'm not a good enough artist. Exactly. Oh, I love that. That's, and that's, that's, I think that's a, that's a big thing. That's something that I think all artists, I think that's something, yes. I think it's something that folks need to learn. It's not something that just comes naturally. I think a lot of times it's, you know, you have to, get down on yourself before you hit that point where you're like oh why am i beating myself up about this this is silly it's like this is right. let, me, let me just let me just do it again and no big deal like it's not no big deal right. um and definitely that freeing moment is a relatable thing oh yeah the freeing yeah. moment when the whole room because i used to be a um i used to perform i was a for lack of another term it was a belly dancer i was actually a classical egyptian uh dancer in a uh, in a nightclub in Honolulu for many years, two shows oh, a night, wow. five nights a week. And there I would be times. On your that, YouTube. Yeah, there's like this five piece band. And there would be times when you could hear a pin drop Oops, because sorry. the musicians were so into it. And I was, I was so moved by their music that that, that was the whole reason you dance. It's like, you are an instrument yourself. You're, you're mm -hmm. part of the band and you're interpreting these other instruments with various movements. And there would be times I would go out there on automatic and I could do everything on automatic, but I never got there. You know, the, the uh, you know, I didn't get it. And then some other night I'd go out there and it would just happen. And just knowing that it can happen uh, is so wonderful because maybe tonight will be the night. If it's not, it's like, oh, well, it wasn't tonight, but maybe next time. And, and there's this beautiful thing of knowing that there's something that exists that is magical. And if you can let go of your, your ego or your, your concern about what people are thinking and criticizing yourself enough to just be present with the music or with the audience or whatever it is that's happening and just let that thing happen, then you go off the stage and, <clears throat> excuse me, you're like, wow, what was that? You know, so... Um, I think we can have that kind of experience more and more often in different ways when we stop the thought process that prevents it, you know. So I always say happiness or peace is simply the absence of the negative thought that prevents it. So, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm talking too much, so I have a dry throat. So oh, I fine. try to catch, you know, conscious observer, try to catch what I'm thinking and say, oh, that's interesting, you know, why am I thinking that? And I can... But enough practice, I can shift and say, I think I'll think about this instead. <laughs> you know, gone with the wind comes to mind. <laughs> Where I'm standing up there with that carrot. As God is my witness, I'll never yeah. 
you know, up on the hill. But, but it's, it's uh, you know, it, it's wanting to free yourself from yourself. Uh, we're our worst abusers sometimes. And, and uh, so being a conscious observer of that is very helpful to just free the creative being, you know, like you guys are doing right now. So it's great, great examples of do, do who you are be that and and love it and uh fuck everybody else (laughs) 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 on your show (laughs) absolutely so what's what's next on your plate then so you know you're you're hanging out in your your little village in mexico and just kind of chilling with your with your gallery and painting whatever the fuck you want like what do you have anything exciting that's up on you know that's that's coming up Uh, I just launched a website a couple of weeks ago. I've had it for quite a while, but I didn't have enough inventory to populate the website. So I, I created the gallery and the inventory and I let the website be dormant. <clears throat> Excuse me. And so I'm launching it now with social media stuff and I've added a blog onto it. It's just a humorous, sarcastic blog. But every painting that I do, I'll tell kind of the story about how, um, you know, how I, how that painting came about. And it's fun because I like to write and I don't like to sell. I don't like to send out outbound emails that say, you know, basement sale, spend your money here. But mm. I like to tell stories. And if somebody's interested in that, a print of that art or something, it's, it's uh, good, you know. But I just wrote the one, uh, Women Don't Fart was my last <laughs> one. And basically, um, it's just, you know, <laughs> but they're frequently near dogs that do. And I had painted this little picture of a dog on a couch with all these beautiful, you know, pillows around him. And he's just sitting there looking at you and saying how, you know, a dog is really a woman's best friend <laughs> because <laughs> you need that dog nearby. So, you know, things like that that are just funny and, and irreverent and uh, and uh, not taking, you know, yourself too seriously as, a, as an artist of any any kind, you know. So that's my next project. Oh, Fantastic. And we've got your, that's, I love that. I love that you combine your art with a blog and tell a story with, with, you know, each picture that you paint. I think that's fantastic. I think that's the best way to get people interested. Right? <laughs> well, and you know, if somebody buys something that's great, I mean, certainly I, I want to supplement my, my meager retirement, but uh, to be honest, living in this village, um, I'm just surrounded by flowers and, you know, I have every, every need is met as far as me as an artist uh, personally. And so um, making money, if I wanted to make money, I know what to paint and produce to make money because I did that in Phoenix. Um, but realizing that time is the real uh, capital. Time is, is really real, real money. So if you're spending your time to make money and time is more valuable than money, then what are you doing? You're throwing your you're you're throwing your wealth away, so I'm really looking at um, uh, spending my time in a way that is fulfilling, and if it makes some money too, that's great, you know. So, so that's how I have to look at it to uh, to allow myself to just spend all my time doing whatever the heck I please. I like, oh, oh, and there's the the peacocks. There's the peacocks. You know, my friend Dana here is getting married to his partner Eduardo. And he had asked if he could borrow this painting. It's like five feet tall. He had asked if he could borrow this painting for his wedding to take pictures. So I gave it to them for their wedding gift. And so they're so oh, excited. Oh, that's fantastic. They're going to come wow. get it in their house. And, and I mean, I never know who I'm painting something for. 
Um, and I remember a long time ago when I was a little kid, I would draw pictures when my parents were arguing or whatever, and I would, it would distract them and I, I couldn't tell them how I felt, <clears throat> excuse me. So I would sort of draw something and give it to them. And that's how I came about with the, the tagline, my art is love. So when I'm painting something, I don't know who that's for yet, but I know that when they come in and they'll recognize it and they're going to take it home to its forever home. So while I'm painting, I'm thinking this could hang on somebody's wall and that person can die and it's going to go to their child's home and there's a whole story that goes with it. And it really has to be filled with, uh, my energy has to be focused on this is for somebody very special and they're going to, someday they're going to, they're going to claim it. And so when Dana asked if he could borrow it, I knew, I said, this is the owner of this painting. The, they've shown up and, and, and it has to be theirs. I could not possibly sell it to anybody else after they wanted it for, to, for their wedding pictures. So, um, you know, it really is uh, our, our creativity, no matter what we're doing, is, is certainly a, um, an expression of our love. And, and I, that to me is essentially what creativity is. Oh, <laughs> excuse me. Thank you, Gage. You are fantastic. Like, yeah, that 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 peacock picture is gorgeous, and you know, looking at, at your socials and stuff, it is it, your work is amazing. It is so. Everybody, go check it out. Go look at the website. So Buy yes. some art. <laughs> Buy art. Thank we you. like art. Thank we you. We like art. And yeah, I'm going to sign up for like your Patreon it. because I didn't know you had a Patreon. Forgive me for that. And you know, I, I'm older. You got to forgive that I don't. I don't look at every single social media of everyone that I know. So I'll go out there and sign up. For that too. <laughs> I need to see what you guys are saying all the time because you know, I love. Oh, we've got there's there's all sorts of fun stuff on the Patreon for sure, which mm -hmm. we'll get to that later. Just a few. Uh, well, you know, it might um, be a little in the closet for me. It's a different kind of world for me. I don't know. It might be a little more extreme. <laughs> in your face, but, it, hey, I'm open. We're not to that it. crazy. Like we're we're, well, we're we're not that we're. It's you're. It's fine. It's yeah, fine. Okay. There's nothing too weird. I mean, it, it's, it's just extra. It's, it's just, but it's not yeah. too weird. It's just extra. Okay. Well, extra. Um, pretty bizarre and weird to be too weird for me because I'm gonna just yeah. let everybody do what they want. You know, whoop de do. It's, it's, it's a beautiful. Um, oh, let's see. Um, what gigs have we got coming up? Um, I have Drag Story Hour next uh, Saturday morning um, oh. at Brook Road Coffee. Uh, which I'm excited about. It's going to be the last one of the year. Um, so that'll be fun. Um, it's always a good time. And Brick Road Coffee is great. Queer owned. Fantastic. So if y'all need something to do next Saturday morning, um, it starts at 10 a.m., goes to about 11. Uh, so come out and do the thing. Um, support, uh, you know, things like literacy and inclusion and diversity because those it. things are important. Um, and then on Sunday, I am at C7 for Three Fates Review, the Island of Misfit Toys. Uh, that's where I'm bringing out my brand new Elton John number. Yay. Not that anybody gives a shit, but it's fine. Did you finish um, it? Uh, I mean, to be fair, there wasn't a lot that I needed to do. It was oh. mostly just stoning some accessories. And I'm almost done. I'm stoning through some stones in a shirt, but it wasn't anything crazy. So like, eh. Um, but I mean, the suit is already there, but it'll be it's fine. It's going to be fucking sparkly. Way. It'll be fun. There's going to be like feathers and things and, you know, it'll be fun. Uh, so make sure that if you haven't gotten your tickets for uh, that show, make sure that you get tickets for the Three Fates Review Island Misfit Toys uh, and get the good seats. Don't get the cheap seats in the back. Get the good seats up front. Get the seats in the back and then you complain that you can't see the floor work. Not my problem. <laughs> so 
get the good seats. Get the good seats. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, then on yeah. January 14th, we are back at Gracie's Tax Bar with another edition of Sex Trivia. Um, and you Maybe too could learn something. Yeah, mm. you too could learn something. Um, just like the young lady we talked about earlier. Indeed. I learned something. <laughs> uh, we do have more guests and stuff that are in the works. And when we get them nailed down, we will start announcing those. Um, probably not until the new year, I'm guessing. Um, mm-hmm. So we've got two more uh, two more Fifi's left of uh, this calendar year. Yeah, That's exciting. And then it'll be 2023. How the hell did that even happen? Lord. Oof. Yeah. Um, oh, when is our when, when when are we doing our onesie party? Mm, is it next week? Next week? I haven't asked people, but oh, cool. Okay. <laughs> it might just be us and our onesies. That's fine. We'll figure it out. We'll see if anybody wants to do the thing. It'll be fine. It's fine. It's fine. Okay. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> If you want to be a guest, if you want to join us either virtually or whatever, if you want to do the onesie party, uh, let us know if you're watching and you want to jump in. Make sure you have a fun onesie to wear because, you know, that's what this is about. That's the theme of of the party. It is. Indeed. Indeed. Um, Uh, Thank you for joining us for the Wednesday Night Conversation. And special thanks to our special guest, artist Mia Pratt. Oh, my gosh. I had so much fun. I just love you guys both. I love you both so much. (laughs) <laughs> Wednesday the day or when the show? What are you talking about, Suzette? Oh, one, oh my God, onesie, not Wednesday, onesie, onesie. <laughs> my God, Suzette, it's fine. We're fine. It's Go past ahead. Their bedtime. It's past their bedtime. Uh, thank you to all of you who watch live, including Suzette, who hears things differently than most. <laughs> her um, brain is on autocorrect, just like her phone. Like her. <laughs> <laughs> and those that watch on the replay and then send me messages after asking questions when I know they should ask Freddie. Um, Nobody ever asked me questions. Why don't they ever I ask know. me questions? They should. Um, and we want to thank those that download the podcast with more than 6,500 downloads. We want to thank you for listening out there in Cambodia. I don't know why that's our highest number. But anyway, um, Take it as it is. You know, we will see you next week. Drag, I'm sorry, huge drag capital. Did you know that? Yeah, yeah. apparently. <laughs> they love us there. Book us today. Uh, <laughs> we will see you next week for your Wednesday night conversation. Good, Good night. night.